And a very good morning to each and every one of you. So great to see your masked faces. <laughs> I'm always uh, amused by my cell phone that doesn't recognize my face with a mask on. <laughs> September the 13th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Shall we worship our Lord and our Savior? Oh, worship the King. for our opening prayer. Just a closer 
us pray. Father God, we come before you today, Lord. We're grateful for another day to come and to worship you and proclaim the greatness of your name, the amazing forgiveness and, and compassion that you've had on us, Father, as your children. Father, we pray that everything we do today will be pleasing to you. Father, we pray that our hearts and our minds are engaged in our worship to you. Father, at this time we pray for our missionaries that are in foreign lands and potentially even more difficult situations than we all face today. Um, Father, with the COVID and just everything that's going on in the world, Lord, I just pray that I pray for them. I pray for each of their individual efforts. But more importantly than that, Father, I pray for the kingdom. I pray for the kingdom that your son established over 2,000 years ago now. Father, I pray for a revival of, of heart and soul for all of us during this time where we can have uh, reflection, where we can really think about what's important in life, where the distractions have been peeled back. Father, I just pray that all of us are engaging our hearts and our minds and growing in you and rekindling that fire. Father, um, we pray for our sick. There's a lot of tough stuff going on right now. And um, Lord, we just know that you can heal, that you can cure anything. So Father, we pray for all of our sick, um, especially Mitzi and through cancer and Father, we just want everybody to be healed. We want everybody to come back. Father, we pray for our leadership. Lord, this is a difficult time for all leadership in every situation. It doesn't make it any easier for those of those who are leading the churches. Father, we just pray for your wisdom for your discernment to be guiding them, to be leading them. Father, we pray that, that they're seeking you out. That we're all seeking you out. Father, again, we're grateful for another day. We're grateful for the rain, for everything that you provide for us every single day that we take for granted. Most importantly, though, we're thankful for your son for the amazing sacrifice he made that, that gave every single person ever, ever created, ever in existence, the opportunity to have all of their sin washed away and remembered no more. To have the gift of the Holy Spirit, to have a family through the church and have the hope of eternal life. Father, be with us this week and every week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next song is entitled, Come, Share the Lord, and it will prepare our minds for partaking of the Lord's Supper.
from Colossians chapter 2 beginning at verse 13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we gather around this table this morning, we, when we're honest with ourselves, we know we're but sinners. We make lots of mistakes. We're very weak. Often we do the very thing that we don't want to do, knowing that it's wrong. Father, we thank you that you love us anyway. We thank you that you love us so much, in fact, that you sent your son Jesus to die, to suffer for our sins, to forgive us. Father, we know that we were in a hopeless state without that. And we thank you so much for the love. We thank you for his willingness to go to the cross for us. Please be with us as we take of this bread, which represents that body broken for us. In Jesus' name. Continue in prayer. Father, we're so th thankful that Jesus willingly shed his blood. The blood that we now know washes away our sins. The blood that forgives us. The blood that makes it possible for us to have a clean appearance in your sight. But only because of, of the goodness of Jesus. We thank you for the mercy that you bestowed on us through Jesus. Be with us as we take of this emblem of that blood in Jesus' name.
Our song before the lesson this morning is entitled, More About Jesus. start by thanking those who worked at the giveaway, the food giveaway. We had a good group, and uh, the group I worked with were the people that actually sort of put the food in the car. Uh, but we had fun doing everything, whether it was to go get it or bring it over or to fill the bags. We had a good time. So if you're looking for something that's good and fun, I invite you to come to the food giveaway. This is from Max Lucado's book, Eye of the Storm. He opens it with a story about Chippy the parakeet. Chippy's cage was being cleaned out by his owner when this particular event occurred. Chippy's owner had the vacuum cleaner out had all the attachments removed and was using the hose to clean the bottom of Chippy's cage, while Chippy, by the way, was still in the cage. 
the phone rang. She turned to answer it and accidentally moved the, the vacuum cleaner to the right. A bit too close for Chippy. Suddenly, she, as she was talking on the phone, she heard a zoop. And to her, her horror, she realized that she had sucked Chippy into the vacuum cleaner. She dropped the phone, reached out, opened the vacuum cleaner and found Chippy. He was still alive but covered with soot. So she grabbed him and raced, him, raced to the bathroom, turned on the cold water, and struck Chippy with the suit. She grabbed him and washed him with the good, cold water really good. And then she noticed he was shivering. So she got out her blow dryer and decided to give him some blasts of hot air. Well, the reporter found out about the event and following the story, he went out to find how Chippy was doing. The owner said, well, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just kind of sits there in his cage and stares. Remember a week like that? <laughs> when it looks like you're going to, everything goes wrong. Today, we're going to start looking at some of the things in the Bible that are so important because they really explain in terms that are every day how God helps us. So before we go there, would you bow with me? Father, we thank you for this day and allowing us to come together. Please be with each family here and help us to be open to your truth. Lord, I, I ask that you help me get out of the way so that people can truly see you. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't have any control, Doug. Ah, wait a minute. Ah, I do have control, Doug. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share it with one of their nearest neighbors having taken into account the number of people there are. You are determined the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats, take care of them until the 14th day of the month when the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. 
Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roasted over a fire, head, legs, and inner parts. It's one of those oldest things that we talk about, the Passover. It was a chapter earlier that God had told Moses, we're going to have the last plague, and the last plague is going to be awesome. And Pharaoh will let you go. So you're to take a lamb or a goat and sacrifice it. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over. And so they eat the lamb, and God takes the lamb because the alternative is to take the firstborn son. It's Barbara Brown Taylor who had one of those experiences that led to a series of speeches that left the Christian world sort of scratching their heads. She was in Greece. A friend who lived there said, I will give you the personal tour. And they came to the Olympiad where the first Olympics was held. And she looked back and said, just to think the first Olympian games were right there. And her friend quickly said, oh, you must not say games. We do not have a word in Greek for games. And if you say games, you risk offending somebody. If you use your English equivalent, you're going to miss some things. Now, that's why I think this is so important. Because Wednesday night, we're going to look at the Passover from the Old Testament and the Passover from the New Testament, and we've got to sort of get it straight in our minds. When you read your Bibles, there are some words that can't be translated. There just isn't an English equivalent. So what usually is done is it is transliterated. Now that's a fancy word that makes me sound all scholarly, but what, what they do is, for every letter in Greek, they use this equivalent in English. They did, baptism is a good example of that. Baptism, they take the B out of Greek and they put a B down and they all the way down until the word is spelled out. Because we didn't have a word in English that could give us the idea of what baptism was about. There are a lot of words like that. And then there are some words that 
when you get into what it says, we don't have a word. And so we make up an easily devised word that will give us an understanding of it. The Greeks don't have a word for sin. Not in the sense that God called it sin. So what they did is they let different cultures come up with their own word and they came up with a definition that we use. Sin is missing the mark. Matt said that Wednesday night. I am stealing some of your stuff, Matt, just so you know. Okay? If you go and battle, and you got an enemy, and you're shooting an arrow while he's on attack, and you miss, you're in a heap of trouble. Because now you don't have any way to defend yourself. Your arrow's gone and he's right on top of you. So missing the mark meant doing something that takes it and you lose. It's the enemy's time to shine. If you go back to Genesis chapter 3, we sin. We missed the mark. And what did that cost us? Well, he looks at the woman and says, from now on, when you bear children, it will be in pain. Didn't happen that way before. And then he looks at Adam and he says, from now on, you will make a living from the sweat of your brow. Work will be hard. It won't be pleasant. It will be hard. Because the ground's going to be very unfruitful and you are going to plant in that unfruitful ground. He missed the mark. And when they missed the mark, they let the destroyer take off. The enemy got his way. And he caused a lot of chaos and hurt and destruction. Oh, that little word... Sin. Well, what if you, you don't have a word and you don't have a, an explanation? Well, then we tend to pick up what the experts say and we get as close as we can. Well, how do you do that? You go back to the customs they had when the Bible was first written. There's some great ones out there. If you're looking for a book on customs, there's Alfred Edershine. It's a thick book, but it's kind of easy to understand. He doesn't go into too much detail. He's written a great one on the, the customs. Uh, N.T. Wright is a great example. You can get a book by him on the the customs, he has several volumes on the customs of the time. But it brings us to this point. Until you understand the culture, you're not going to get the meaning. 
I am the firstborn son of my mom and dad. Now, I can proudly say that because I am the only son of my mom and dad. To me, I do my thing. Went off to college, got married to a girl who took me to West Virginia first, and then we ended up in Florida, and then back in Pennsylvania, and then back in Florida, and they never did see me. But I'm the firstborn son. And in America, that means nothing. We've got this great independence. Now, you were parents. Where are your kids? You can be lucky and have them move in next to you. But that's becoming rare. They move some distance away. My mom's in Pennsylvania. I'm still here in Florida. In their day, the firstborn was tremendously valuable. Part of it was that he got the lion's share of what the father had worked for. And the firstborn would get two-thirds, the nextborn would get the third, third, or as they divided up. But he got the lion's share. So he was really responsible for whatever went on in the estate. He would be the guy responsible. If bills weren't paid, he was the guy responsible. If they didn't have enough workers, he was the guy responsible. Not the dad, the oldest son. He was responsible for carrying on the name. With that lion's part of the share, God makes one of those statements that we can miss. Do not hold back offerings from your granaries or your vats. You must give me the firstborn of your son. What he's saying is, in my people's, in, in the Jewish custom, firstborn son is responsible for the parents if they live long enough. The firstborn is responsible to carry on their name. The first son is responsible to make sure that the family knows who God is because he belongs to God. There are a lot of places this is. In Numbers, <laughs> that's effective, isn't it? <laughs> In Numbers, again, God says, I struck down the firstborn in Egypt and I have set apart for myself every firstborn in Israel, whether man or animal, they are to be mine. I am the Lord. Or Numbers 8. 
The Israelites who are to be given holy to me, I have taken them in my own place of the firstborn. The firstborn offspring from every Israelite woman, every firstborn male in Israel, whether man or animal, is mine. And then he goes back to what happened in Egypt. You see, everywhere in Egypt, it was either the firstborn son or the, the lamb. The firstborn son or the lamb. It was that lamb that took the place of the firstborn. And it was the lamb that has saved us. This is so important. After they got there and Pharaoh finally sees his son, he says, get out, and they get out. And they start what we call the Passover meal. Tune in Wednesday night, we'll see what it means. But Jesus is, is passing John the Baptist, who has a tremendous following by now. And when he says this, it had impact that it doesn't have in our world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. He'll take our place. In Romans chapter 4, there's a quote from the Psalms. David wrote it. Paul quoted it. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not count his sins. There's a man that when he sins, God doesn't add it in. He doesn't count it. He said, man, I'd love to be the man, that kind of man. If you are a Christian, you are. The lamb took your place. And when the lamb takes your place, he doesn't count your sins against you. Oh, that's so vital. You see, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is vital to your salvation. And boy, doesn't this give a different ring to salvation. We tendly talk, well, what's salvation? Well, you're good, and you don't cuss in church, and, and you try to stay awake, and you got that little list of do's and don'ts. No, 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 no. He doesn't want the list of do's and don'ts. He wants you to have the Lamb that, that saves us by taking away the sins of the world. And the question is, are you there? You've probably had, I've had it happen a lot, when somebody walks up and says, are you saved? And when I ask, what do you mean? I get a flood of different answers. But saved is, I have the lamb who has taken away the sins of me. Because he came 
to save me. He came to die so that we don't have to. And every time, every time they partook of the Lord's Supper, it was the Passover all over with a couple of changes, and that's Wednesday night. The dove comes down. He tells me that Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit so we have guidance. And John has said, now we have seen the Son of God. Oh, that takes on. The firstborn Son, that takes on a whole new meaning. This morning, if you've never repented of your sins and been baptized for the remission of those sins, everything's ready. We can do that this morning. If you've once done that and you're not living for the first son who, who takes away the sins of the world, and we can help you, won't you come while together we stand and why we sing? come here to worship God, we kind of set aside the world and its noise. I want to encourage you, even throughout the weeks, saints, set aside the noise of the world and focus on God, his word, and his love for us. People will come not because of what you say, it's because of what you do. So let's live that life. Thank you, Mike. Enjoyed it. Uh, several announcements. Many things was covered, and many things are in the bulletin. 
So, you know, pick up a book. I'm not going to cover everything, but I'm going to cover some, some things that are important. Sue Underwood, who's suffering from many strokes, uh, please pray for her. Uh, my grandmother suffered from many strokes, and you kind of black out, and it's affecting her vision. God can heal her, so please pray for her. Calvin Noble, I don't know if many of you noticed, but he has internal ble uh, bleeding. So he has to get a blood transfusion every once in a while. Now, that's, that's other than his heart problems he's been having. Uh, they found two small tears in his small intestine, which is good. And I hope that solved the, the problem, but please pray for him. Now, we pretty much covered a lot of other people, but I want to, I want to remind you folks, when people are sick, sometimes they're irritable. Sometimes they're hard to get along with. Have, be patient with them. Take, take your time with them. Don't get flustered. Also, uh, Dennis Torres, our minister in Nicaragua, he's been under doctor's care. He's not doing well. Uh, please uh, be praying for him. I understand they're making progress on the church building there, and they're also uh, enlarging their garden so that they can uh, supply food for many of the members. So keep, uh, keep that ministry in prayer. We will be having a leaders meeting this Tuesday, 7 p.m. in the fellowship room. So all the leaders, make sure you be there. Now, I understand Jay Barkman is going to have a birthday on the 19th. And I believe he's probably going to be 92. If I'm wrong, somebody please correct me. So he will enjoy hearing from you. Uh, Jay, even though he's 92, I think he still thinks he's around 40. So let's all be praying for him and wish him a happy birthday. I want to read something to you. Uh, this is from Barb Cummings. She said, hello, family. I have a favor to ask. Ron's mom, Corell, will be turning 90 on September 30, 20th. I'm sorry, September 20th. As you know, she is in an assisted living resort in Vero Beach. The facility has been locked down since COVID-19 started in March, and she has not been allowed any visitors. I think that's changed. Now, I think the governor signed an executive order that kind of opened up the uh, nursing home, those facilities. All I ask you to do is don't just show up there. Uh, talk to the family and see if it's all right. Continuing with her message here, we have seen her a couple times from the upper balcony, but she cannot see us. She's, she's blind. She misses her church and would love to hear from you all. If you can, please send her a birthday card to help celebrate. It will mean a lot to her to hear from you. And they have her address in the bulletin. You know, I think that's a wonderful thing to do. I, I know I'm going to do it. 
So why don't, why don't you all, you know, kind of get out of yourself a little bit and, and send Corel a birthday card. Continue to love God. Continue to love one another and keep in touch with one another. Shall we stand for our closing song? Father, once again we come before you giving you thanks for this day that we have. Father, we we know that you love us and we pray, Father, that, that we'll continue to love you. We, we, we know the power that's in your word and we pray that we'll always draw close to your word that we can be closer to you. Father, as we leave here, we ask you to continue to be with our sick, especially the ones that were mentioned, Sister, Sister Underwood and and Calvin Noble and Dennis Torres, we pray that you'll continue to be with them and, and look over them. We're thankful, Father, for the, for the leaders here at our congregation that we have, that they can still make arrangements, that we can be together and during, during this time. We pray that it won't be too long, though. In Jesus' name, amen.